הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שברנו כל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר. קדושים אשר בארץ המה ובבחר רבנו הקדוש, צדיק יסודו לעם נחן ובמקור חוכמה רבנו נחמן מפגיה. נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותם תגן עלינו וכל ישראל אמן. שבעזרת השם תראה בישראל תורה כ"ט תורה 29. one of the most um, powerful lessons in all the sefer. Um, it's actually going to be the first time we're going to hear about this great tikkun which Rabbeinu revealed later in his life called the tikkun akali. This is going to be the first Torah which speaks about it. It speaks about white clothing, lots of incredible things in here, lots of great tikkunim rectifications. And um, here Rabbeinu, there's, it's, the way the lesson is put together is, is something quite awesome because you see here from how the lesson is put together is that everything that Rabbeinu said was completely practical as to what was happening in those times, in, in those moments even. As we see that um, Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman Mitcherin, um, the author of Papa Rode Chochmah, he brought, um, he brings this introduction as to when this Torah was said. And he says that when this Torah was said was on Shavuot. And this was the first time Rabbeinu wore white clothing. As Rabbeinu says in Sichot Aran, I believe, he, he writes this idea that Rabbeinu never did something, he never did a practice until he understood its deeper meaning first. And this was the first time he wore white clothing, meaning he understood the, the level of what it means or the significance of why it's so important to wear white clothing. This is the first time he wore it on Shavuot. And in this Torah he speaks about white clothing, but what it has to do really, what white clothing really means. Not only that... Um, when um, Rabbeinu had his followers come for Shavuot, because this is one of the few gatherings of the year where his, he told his followers explicitly to come, that's Rosh Hashanah, Chanukah, and Shavuot, Shabbat Chanukah and Shavuot. Um, one of his followers actually brought his daughter, um, and his daughter actually had um, epilepsy. And here Rabbeinu speaks about epilepsy. <laughs> and not only that, this man with his daughter brought a bottle of wine. Rabbeinu also speaks about wine in the lesson. Um, Rabbeinu speaks about um, uh, what do you call it Tikkun Akali of business the Tikkun of speech the praising of Tzadikim white clothing the Tikkun Akali which is Tikkun Abrit also um, and here he, he also speaks about this idea of the French the French person um, or, or the French country he speaks about the idea of Tzachfat France in general which also has a big part to do in the redemption, as is brought in the Tikkun Rabbeinu. You see the story of the the master of prayer, etc., etc. Lots of deep stuff um, speaks about the idea of kesef money, and um, all this is written down in Chayim Oran, uh, Siman twenty, number twenty over there in Chayim Oran, and this chidush that Rabbeinu brings down that has to do with this lesson, kesef nivchar leshon tzadik, the choice of money. Is the expression of the tzaddik, kesef nifchar leshon tzaddik. If you take the last letters of that phrase, you have the word franc, which is the obviously the the currency of the French country um, before um, it turned into the euro. Obviously, franc also is the idea of the French, etc., etc. Lots of deep, deep stuff that we can't even really grasp. As Rabbi Nachman Mitcherin, he writes in the Parvon um From this mama, we see. Then no one can grasp at all the um, the kavanah of Rabenu at all. It's not, you can't it, you can't even come close to understanding it. So we see this how everything Rabenu does mamash has 
is happening around us and we, we just have to open up our eyes. So, we start with the lesson, Torah Haftet. Hi Gavra, a certain man, the Azirbai Iteta, um, went seeking for a wife. But they didn't give her to him. Okay, what did he see? The Azil Echa de Medile Mina. Um, they made him go to where there was a better one. So they send him to somewhere better. Okay, Shakal Sikta, he took a peg. That's a letata. He pressed it in below into the earth. La'al, but it didn't go in. It wouldn't stick. Dale, he raised it up higher. That's a le'ela. And he pressed it um, in higher up. Al, and it went in. Amar, he said, Hi, Nami, that one too. Mitcham yale bat mazale. He has found his desired um, maza, or his bat mazale, his soulmate, his desired mate, his destined mate, um, etc., etc. Okay, whatever the story means, let's see how Rabenu ties this together. Let's look at Rashi first. The midleya mina. What does that mean? So why did they send him to a, a different woman or a different place to go get a better woman? Why? Because they said that that um, that she has better ancestry than the first one. She has better ancestors. They show Loto, and they ask him, Shouldn't we have learned, or shouldn't he have learned, this person have learned, since they didn't give him the first one, all the more so the second one. Sikta. So what do they mean? Sikta. Sikta. Uh, Sikta. Kabila. Um, Sikta. When it says he took a Sikta. What does that mean? Kabila. A spike or a peg. Data. What does Data mean? Hishpil He lowered his hand into a place where there was no hole in the wall. Vila Alan. It didn't go up. It didn't go in. Dale Data. What does it mean when it says Dale Datsa? He lifted up his hand and he pressed it into the place where there was a hole this time. And this time it went in. Etc. Etc. Okay. The story is obviously a little bit vague. Um, let's see how Rabenu has this together. You saw this uh, at the beginning of the story. See what Rabenu says. Not all words are considered, or not all speech is considered speech. Because words that aren't listened to or accepted are not called dibur, are not called speech. When you say something, but it's not accepted by the person listening, it isn't considered speech. There's no words, there's no speech. Without their voice being heard. Meaning it's not considered words or speech unless the voice is being heard. But now Rabbeinu is explaining what considered, what falls into the category of speech. What speech? The essence of speech. Or how to create that your speech is um, accepted is because of Hatov Sheishbo. When there's good present within the words that you're saying. Because Good, everyone desires. Everyone desires good, meaning everyone wants to accept 
um, your speech whenever there's good in your speech. There's this concept of tov. And therefore, when there's this concept of tov, good, within your speech, then your speech is listened to and it's accepted. But when there's no good within the speech, it's not accepted. But Rabbeinu now explains how to create or how to make this good within your speech, how to implement good within speech. How does one do this? Is whenever one takes the dibur mehadat, one takes your speech. Where does one source his speech from? From that, from in, from a, from knowledge, from that. When you take your speech from your dad, then there's good in it. Then there's good. But when the speech doesn't contain that, then there's no good. That says Also, um, also for the soul to be without uh, that, without knowledge, lotov, it's not good. Meaning. The soul is good whenever it has that implemented. And what's the soul? What does the soul have to do with speech? Rabbanu is going to prove this. The soul represents speech. This is speech. It says in the Adam And it was that man became a living soul. How does Unkarus translate that? In Bereshit, It's not that man became a living soul. What's a living soul? A speaking spirit. So the soul represents this concept of speaking. So we see here that the soul represents this concept of speech. And when speech, and when the soul has that, then it's good. So if the soul speech, then when speech has that, it's good as well. So we see here that the essence of good speech, or what we consider speech at all, because we said it's not considered speech if it doesn't have good in it. So the essence of speech is that it comes from that. That there's that present in it. And that is good. And to elevate and to structure this that, to elevate this that, to create this that, is, is done by means of praising the tzaddikim. When a person praises the tzaddikim, he elevates that. When a person extols and he praises the tzaddikim, through this that is elevated. Kenesher, like an eagle, awakening its nest. So let's see what this means. What did this phrase have to do with Varim with regard to praising Tzadikim? Rabbeinu is going to take this awesome Zohar and he's going to do amazing stuff with it. Let's see how. Kenesher, Nishra, Darucha. As it brought in Tikkun Zohar, Tikkun Gimel. What is Nishra? When it says ego, this is a reference to Rucha. This is the spirit. When it says ego, it's a reference to spirit. And what spirit? This is the aspect of the tzaddik. How do we know this? Rabbeinu proves. The tzaddik is categorized as someone, as the man who has spirit within him. So the tzaddik has spirit. And what spirit? It's the ego. So we see like an ego awakening its nest. The ego is a reference to the tzaddik. Ya'ir, you know, awakening its nest. What does that mean? Ha'morin Ya'ir comes to the word me'orer, to awaken, right? Shehum me'orer, he's awakening the mochin, the intellect, mitar de mutan, from its, from its slumber. So kino has to do with intellect. Bibkinat mochin de katnut. Meaning, what does it mean to awaken your intellect from its slumber? When it, what does it mean that yeah, your intellect is sleeping? When it's mochin de katnut, when it's in constricted intellect, bibkinat shena. When your intellect is asleep. Kino, this is what Kino is. It's nest. Da kene chokma kene bina. Kino comes from the word kene chokma, acquire wisdom. Kene bina, acquire understanding. Um, and what's the idea? When you have chokma and you have bina, 
then you create that also. Because if you have both wisdom and understanding, then that's the combination of that. That is the combination of both Chokhmah and Bina. Shema Mochin, these are the intellects that we're talking about, the mentalities. So what does it mean to awaken its intellect? Or um, awakening its nest? Awakening is the idea of awakening what? Awakening the Kene Chokhmah, Kene Bina, which is what? The wisdom, the understanding, which is the concept of that. So through the Tzaddik, you awaken what we call the Moach. The mind, the intellect, the da'at. And even angels, when they want to say some sort of speech, that their speech should be accepted by others around them. It says, They do his bidding, meaning God's bidding, to listen to the voice of his speech. What does that mean? That they too also speak, these angels. Then they too praise and they extol God before they do some sort of speech, so that their speech is accepted by those around them. Because why? Who is God? God is Tzadiko Shirolam. And the Midrash Shocher Tov, look over there in the Zohar, um, and also in the Bereshit Rabbah, the Gemara Yoma, we see this idea that Hashem is considered the Tzadiko Shirolam. He's the righteous one of the entire world. But it says, Tzadik Hashem Bechod Rachav. Hashem is righteous in all His ways. And then his speech, this angel's speech is made into the aspect of Dishmoah to listen to the voice of his words, meaning that the words of the angels now are listened to. How? Whenever the angel praises Hashem. Uh, Hashem. Bless Hashem, O his angels, may his angels, that the angels bless Hashem. Meaning what? Meaning the praise that these angels praise God before they do some sort of speech. And who is God? The tzaddik of the world. And afterwards, through this, they listen to his speech. They are the ones who do his bidding. To listen to the voice of his word. Meaning that the angel's words are listened to and that the person listening to this angel listens to what he says, does what it says. That they create the word. What does that mean? They create the concept of Dibur. They create the concept of Dibur. What did we say is Dibur? Dibur is only considered Dibur. Speech is only considered speech when it's accepted and it's listened to. So, they create Devaro. Meaning they create Dibur. They create speech. Whenever they and they, they listen, Lishmoa to listen because of the voice of his speech. How? Through this concept of what? Shevach of the Tzadiko Shirola. When they praise Hashem, then their voice is listened to. Now Rabban is going to go into the concept of white clothing. This is where it's going to get very deep, so stick with us because this is going to get very practical, especially when it comes to rectification. For us in this generation, where unfortunately we've damaged tremendously. This is where it gets very, very practical and very important. This is the concept of white clothing. What is white clothing? This is the rectification of speech. Because what's speech? Speech is the concept of malchut. Kingship. Malchut is what? As you see in the tikkun as well. Malchut is the reference to the mouth. Out of the separate apertures of the face, uh, or th- all the aspects of a person's head, uh, this, the concept that represents the mouth is malchut. Or the concept that represents malchut is the mouth. So we see the mouth is a rectification for speech. 
But it's the idea that speech represents malchut. And the mouth or malchut represents white clothing. So we're going to see here. Tikuna Rectifying speech represents white clothing. Because one must keep very much his clothing. That he shouldn't disgrace his clothing, his garments. Here Rabbeinu is explaining how important it is to keep your garments clean. You have to keep them fittingly, properly. To make sure that not one single stain or spot gets on, spot gets on your clothing. Because we're going to see what this means in practicality. It's not some simple act that your clothing is getting dirty. There's lots of things that are happening in the upper world. Things that are happening with regard to rectifications. Um, that's happening when a, your clothing gets stained. God forbid. And the person... The greater a person is, the more a person must keep his clothing um, more careful. Because the greater a person is, the more stringent they are with him. Meaning Hashem is more stringent with him. This is why a Talmud Chacham who has a stain on his clothing, a spot on his clothing, as brought in the Gemara Shabbat, he is obligated for death. We're going to see what the stain really represents. Because with this Tamid Chacham, they are much more stringent. Because the garments that he's wearing himself, they will judge him. They will present a, a kitrug, an accusation against this Tamid Chacham. As is brought, as it says, Dina de Malchuta. Dina, judgment belongs to Malchut. Or the judgment of Malchut. We're going to see what this means. Because we know that Malchut is judgment. But we're going to see what did Malchut have to do with clothing. See what Rabbeinu says. Because clothing is actually an essence of Malchut. That's what it has to do with speech also. Because what did he say is Malchut? The mouth, which is where speech comes from. So if Malchut is the mouth, and now we're going to explain how that Malchut is also clothing. Let's see how Rabbeinu explains it. Um, but that's going to explain to us this connection. That white clothing and rectifying speech are one idea. They're directly connected. Let's see how speech... Or let's see how um, clothing has to do with Malchut. Have you seen Gemara Shabbat? That Rabbi Yochanan called his garments Mechabduta, my glorifier, my honorers. The things that, 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 are, that bring me honor. So we see here, and what's Kavod? Kavod is, represents the concept of Malchut. It says, Melech HaKavod, the king of honor, of glory. So you see here that Melech, which is Malchut, and Kavod are one idea. So if Kavod is what Rabbi Yochanan called his garment, and we see that Kavod is Malchut, then we see that garment is also Malchut. And this is what we're going to prove, that the Bagadim, which is Malchut, which is where Deen exists, which is where judgment exists, this is what's going to bring the accusation against the Tamil Chacham if he has a stain. A person's clothing is basically his... A person's clothing is able to testify against him. And this is what represents Tzedek Malchut Kadisha. Justice is Malchut Kadisha, is the Holy Malchut. Tzedek is Holy Malchut. What's Holy Malchut that we just explained? Garments. And what is Tzedek now? If Tzedek is Malchut Kadisha, is Holy Malchut, and we just explained that Malchut is um, clothing. So we see that justice is also clothing. But let's see how Rabbeinu proves it. He brings it in Eov Tzedek Labashti. I wore Tzedek, justice. So we see here that Tzedek you can wear. It's this idea of garment. And one who, 
who disgraces one's garment. It's as if he rebels against God's kingship. Look how awesome the Rabban was proving. Just a simple act of disgracing your clothing, letting your clothing go, uh, not taking care of your clothing. It's as if you're rebelling against God's kingship. And then the judgment of the Malchut judges you. Look how crazy. It, it's not even crazy. Look how awesome what Rabban was explaining. is. It's very scary also. When a person doesn't keep guard of his clothing, he creates a separation between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Shrina, which is the entire reason why we're here in this world, to unify these two things. Not only that, when a person doesn't keep his clothing clean and guard them properly from stains, this is what causes a separation between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Shrina. Bechinat Nachash Mashiach Lalegaba Ve'atid Bazuama As it says about the Nachash, um, when it seduced Chava, as brought in the Zohar, what did it say about the Nachash, the snake, the serpent, drew onto her, drew um, himself onto her, and he basically, he put filth into her, he poisoned her, poisoned Chava. He went upon Chava, and he poisoned her. This is what we call Damnida, the blood of the menstrual cycle, the blood of the Nida, this is where it comes from, from this poison of the Nida. That the Nachash poisoned Chava with Divchinat, and it says in Yeshaya, Madua Adam Adam Livovoshecha. Now Rabban was explaining all of this with with the idea with regard to clothing. Madua Adam Livovoshecha. Why is your clothing red? It says in Yeshaya. This is the prophets. What does it mean, red clothing? This is the stain and the spot that's on one's clothing. That is found on one's clothing. That through this, the concept of Malchut is separated from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. God forbid that we should ever do such a thing. Because what's the malchut? The kingship is shchinat uzo. Is the divine presence of his strength, of God's strength. Of, this is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's divine presence. This is his strength. And then it says in Yomiyah, whenever the, whenever the shchinat is separated from him, what does Hashem do? What does God do? He roars mightily over his habitation. And it's very applicable that we're studying this right now because these are specifically um, chapters that we say during the three weeks of Ben Ametzarim, which we're in right now, the three weeks between Shiva Asar Matamuz and Tisha Be'av. So it's very applicable. We're saying Sha'ogi Shaganavil was something we say at Tikkun Chatzot, specifically during the three weeks. Al Navedile. And this is God who roars over his. Sha'ogi Shagi surely roars Al Navehu over his habitation. Al Navedile. What does it mean? Over his habitation. Why? Because the Shekhinah is separated from him. And then not the Shekhinah. The Shekhinah doesn't have power anymore. What has power? Shifcha Bisha, the evil Shifcha, the evil maidservant, the evil handmaid. Shehu Malchut Desitcha, which is a reference to what? Not the holy Malchut, but the Malchut of the evil side, the Malchut of the evil forces. And the handmaid, that is heir to her mistress. It's the inheritance to the givirta to, to her mistress. Shehi ishara. What's the mistress? The ishara, the evil woman. Shehi bechinat etra, which is what we can call the etra, a bad time, a bad time. Look in the Zohar. It speaks about this concept of a bad time. Etra, ki yesh chavchet itim, because there's twenty 
There's 28 times. Itim netova, itim nira, 14 for good, 14 times for bad. And this is all, by the way, in the Zohar. Um, and also this concept is brought in Mishle, I believe. Or my bad, Kohelet, sorry. But um, this is also brought in the Zohar, this concept. 14 times for good and 14 times for bad. 28. And one must subdue the evil maidservant. Which is considered the fourteen, the, the bad times, which is the 14 bad times. That we just talked about Kohelet. How does one subdue them? Through this concept in Kohelet. At all times, meaning what? We're talking about the good times. Your clothing shall be white. Meaning how does one rectify and bring down these good times and to subdue the bad times? Meaning at all times, meaning you should create at all times this concept of good, not bad. And how do you do this? That your your clothing shall be white. It specifically says at all times, meaning. Because why you want to draw on these good times only, not the bad. To subdue the shifcha bisha, which is what we call the etra, the bad time. So how does one subdue the shifcha bisha, the evil maidservant? Meaning, to give control back to the holy malchut so that we can unify HaKadosh Baruch and the Shekhinah together. Through what? Begadecha lavanim, your white clothing. When your clothing is white, then you're able to cause the unification between HaKadosh Baruch and the Shekhinah. And this is why it said Bechol et at all times specifically because the times are a reference to whether it's a good malchut or the evil malchut. Begadecha lavanim, your clothing shall be white. Hanu belo revav, meaning without stain. Hanu bechinat ta'avat ha'shekhinah minidata. Meaning, what does it mean to be without stain? When one purifies the Shekhinah from her blood, the blood of the Nida. Meaning what? As we saw earlier in, um, as we saw earlier in Yeshaya, why is your clothing red? This concept, meaning you should purify the Shekhinah from her red clothing, which is what? Her, the blood of the Nida. And how do you do this? What we call, what is brought in the Gemara, Nida, and Bechorot, the idea of Dam Nekar, the blood becomes decomposed in Asikhalab and becomes milk. When a woman begins to breastfeed, this is what happens. The blood becomes decomposed and it turns into milk. This is what we have to do to the Shekhinah. This entire rectification process is awesome stuff that Rabban was explaining. Rectification, we can't even begin to grasp. And the wicked people, through their sins, they cause the separation between Akadur Baruch Hu and his divine presence. Because they cause her to have. Uh, this dam, the blood of the nida, and then the shchina is called what? Ir hadamim, the city of blood, as brought in Nachum. And this is why the reshaim are called anshed amim, men of bloodshed, for they cause blood to the shchina. Because Rabbi is going to explain why. The three hundred sixty-five negative commandments in the Torah are three mishlagidim are corresponding and depend on each one of the 365 sinews in a person's body. There's 365 sinews in a person's body corresponding to the 365 negative commandments. Shisham, ta'aluchot, adamim. And through the 365 veins or sinews in a person's body, this is where the blood flows. And according to the, the aspect of what you, you transgress, according to the, to the transgression that you commit, God forbid, of the, the negative command of the Torah, the same is true of how you awaken this this menstrual blood to the Shechina, this red blood to the Shechina, because there's many types of blood. As is brought down in the Gemara Nida, 
So the same is true. The same is true of how we have, must sweeten these bloods, sweeten these judgments, basically. Meaning you must rectify these lavin, these negative commandments, these sins that a person did, which represent these sinews, because 365 sins, for 365 sinews. And where does this blood pass? Through the sinews. So when you rectify the sins, you rectify the blood which passes through these sinews. What must a person do to sweeten these, this blood? You must rectify this, these prohibitions that you committed, God forbid. Which is what? That you transgressed. And what are these prohibitions? These are the, the sinews. And you must draw to the, these sinews whiteness, not blood, God forbid. It says, You turn blood you decompose blood and you turn it into milk. This is what we must do. This is what it says. At all times your clothing should be white. Look at this awesome chidush. Begadecha turns into what? Begidecha. Meaning, Begidecha In your sinews, in your veins specifically. Not Begadecha in your clothing. Begidecha. In your sinews. Meaning your sinews should be white. To draw Whiteness to your sinews. But now Rabbeinu explains how the problem with doing this, or the problem we encounter when trying to rectify all these sins that we've committed in our past. Rabbeinu is explaining how we rectify all these sins, especially the sins that I have to do with causing the separation between Akadosh Baruch Hu and the sins with Kamabrit we're talking about here. Rabbeinu says to rectify all the sins individually are very great. We cannot do this. There are too many. And they're very heavy on a person. And it's impossible to rectify them because there's so many fine points and details with regard to each and every prohibition. Therefore, this is why Rabbeinu says one must rectify the all-encompassing gid, the all-encompassing sinew. And what's the all-encompassing sinew? This is what it says in Varim. Vayaged comes from the word gid. Vayaged is the play on the words gid in the sinew. What's the sinew? Vayaged et God told to them, or He told to them of God, of His covenant. He spoke of His covenant, of God's covenant. So what's the, what's the, What's the all-encompassing gid we see here? It's the Brit Kodesh. It's the Holy Covenant. It's the... It's the Brit. And this is what we prove via get coming from the word gid. Meaning, what's the ultimate gid? It's the Brit. And through rectifying the covenant, which is the all-encompassing sin, immediately, automatically, all the sins and transgressions the person committed are rectified. And you draw whiteness to every single fine point within um, your past, within your, your dark past. And because of this, this is why it's called the all-encompassing Gid, the all-encompassing Kodesh, which is what? The Brit Kodesh, the Holy Covenant, Shaddai, which is the holy name. What's the name that represents the Brit Kodesh? Shakai. Why? Why is the Brit Kodesh called Shakai? Because it's shishade, it comes with the word shakai, it comes with the word shishade. It shoots out, and it shoots an, out like an arrow and fires like an arrow. When a, when a man releases his, his semen, his seed, it shoots out like an arrow. This is the concept of shishade, meaning to shoot out comes with the word shakai, the name that represents the Brit Kodesh. But what are we talking about shooting out? 
the whiteness, which is the seed, gets shot out to where? All the specific, the specific places that are necessary to rectify. Meaning, what did we say? All the sins that a person commits, the reason why it's very difficult for a person to, to rectify them is because there's so many fine points that we don't even know that we need to rectify. So many things that we need to, to rectify. But when you rectify the entire all-encompassing sinew, then you're able to rectify everything that comes below it. You rectify the tree and you you rectify the trunk and you rectify basically all the branches, etc., etc. All the branches are all the simple sins. All the sins that we can't even remember. All the, the specific sins and the the main trunk of the tree is the, is the brit, which is the tikkun haklali, which we're going to talk about. So Rabban was explaining here, it shoots out whiteness to all the places where he needs to rectify. And even to the places which are very narrow and very fine. And look at the word hatsarim. And we're in the place, we're in the place of what we call ben hametsarim, the narrow places right now. We're in the time period called ben hametsarim, the narrow straits, between the straits. So this is very applicable. This is now specifically a time where we can rectify this, this concept because we're in the narrow places. Because Rabbeinu explains there's places that are very fine and very precise that it's impossible to bring rectification over there except by means of what we call tikkun akrali, the general rectification. That he's able to throw whiteness and rectification to the places which are very fine and very precise. And God will be your treasure. What does that mean? What's Bitzarecha? Tzar comes from the word narrow. And what's Shakai? Shishadeh. Meaning what? That you're throwing out and you're shooting out rectification to all the places um, that one needs. To all the fine and narrow places. And what is shooting out? It represents the Brit. So how does one shoot out rectifications to all the narrow places when a person rectifies his covenant? And this is why the Brit is called what we call... Um, and, and this is what the Brit is called. Now Rabbi is going to explain what the Brit is referred to. The brightness of the firmament. He called it. The, the Brit is called the brightness of the firmament. Why? Because before the rectification that we're talking about, before the Brit shoots out whiteness to all, the, to all the necessary areas, the sky is what we call, it's in the aspect of what? It's in the state of what? As we say in Ayyub, the heavens shall reveal your sin, his sin. Meaning the Shamaim is in the aspect of sinning. But afterwards, then, the, the rakia, the firmament, is brightened and it's purified. In the aspect of the language of what? Zehorit. Crimson. Or the colored strap. And what did the colored or zehorit, the, the, crimson strand, the crimson strand, do in the Beit HaMikdash? On Yom Kippur? What did it do? What was it responsible for? It whitened the sins of all the 365 negative prohibitions. It turned white. This crimson colored trap turned white. That was the miracle in Yom Kippur. Why? Because the redness turns white. Through what? Whenever this tikkun of the Brit is able to shoot out rectification to all the narrow places. So this is the difference. Before the rectification, the Brit is called in the aspect of sinning. But afterwards, 
then it's called Leshon Zehorit, Zohar HaRakia, the brightness of the firmament. Meaning, what's the, Zohar comes from the word Zehorit, the crimson colored strap, which, or a thread, which was re- responsible for rectifying the 365 sins, or the, the sins which stem from the 365 negative commandments of the Torah. And this strap, this strand, was, benef- uh, was flowing whiteness to the 365 uh, uh, sinews. And it says, That all times your clothing shall be white. What's your clothing? Your sinews we talked about. Because all whiteness, now Rabbanu is going to explain how this occurs. All whiteness is drawn from the mind. It comes from the mind. It says, Flowing down from Lebanon. What is Lebanon? Min libuna democha, from the whiteness of the mind. Lebanon is a play on the words libuna democha. Lebanon comes from the word lavan, white. The whiteness of the mind. It flows down from the whiteness of the mind. This is what we're talking about, the, the seed that comes down from the mind. This is the whiteness that comes down from a person's mind. And through this rectifying of the encompassment of all the sinews, which is what we just explained, libuna democha, the whiteness of the mind, which is the seed, which is the, the covenant. What does one do? One's intellect is elevated, as we saw earlier, one brings that. It says, Like an eagle hovering above its nest or awakening its nest. What did we say? The eagle was a reference to the Ruach, the spiritual, which is the encompassment of all the sinews. How do we know this? How does the Ruach encompass all the sinews? Because what did he say Ruach is? We've seen this before in this in Nikuta Moran. No more spirit arose in the man. What is the spirit reference to? The Brit. That the man had no more strength to give seed. This idea that Ruach represents the Brit Kodesh. So we see here that the Ruach, which is the Nesher, the ego, this is the, the Brit. Hovering above its nest. What does that mean? It awakens. Acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Meaning it awakens the, the Chochman Bina, which is basically the intellect, from the aspect of sleep. Now the concept of sleep is no longer there. We bring it into, into we, bring, we make it awake now. The intellect is now awake, meaning once that has been elevated. But it's only possible through this Tikkun Abri that we're talking about. Al And the final phrase in that verse, he hovers above its younglings. What did that mean? He hovers above them again and he shields over the intellect. Which at the beginning was what? Gozalav. What is Gozalav? comes the word Nigzalin, which was at the beginning stolen. The intellect was stolen at the beginning. He steals from his father and his mother. Father and mother are a reference to the intellect. Why? Because father is father bechokma, as we see in the Gemara. We know this. Ab bechokma, and Rashi also brings this down. Ab bechokma, the em labina. This concept in the Zohar, and mother represents this concept of understanding. So stealing from father and mother. This is the idea of whenever av, which is chokma, and em, which is bina, when a person's chokma and bina are stolen away from him, meaning when they're brought into sleep. They're not, they're taken away from him. He doesn't have them. When a person's intellect are stolen, which was at the beginning before this rectification occurred, um, until then, 
until you awaken the belief, until you do this rectification of the belief, then they will be disappeared in a sense. They will be in sleep. They will be in slumber. This is what it said in The suckling, he suckles, the baby suckles from the breast of his mother. What did that mean? When it says baby, what did the baby reference? This is constricted intellect, meaning a baby doesn't have that. He only ha- his mind is in constriction. What did it mean? This constricted intellect, your neck, it weans off of, it sustains itself off of, and it grows from its great from its constriction. How does it grow up from its constriction? How does it a baby be, grow? Or how does a constricted intellect grow? Through tikkun akrali, through this rectification of the covenant. Which shoots out and throws out like an arrow. And this is what it says, Imo. His mother, Da Kinesia. This is the gathering of Yisrael. Kinesia. It says, Don't despise your mother when she's old. What did Rashi say? Kinesiatra. What's Kinesiatra? Your mother, it's your gathering. So we see that the mother represents the gathering of Israel. Because this is where all the rectifications are encompassed and are gathered. Where? In the, what we call the Shadeh, the shooting out, which is what the breast of the mother, which is what the Shakai, which is because Shadeh, Shadeh Imo, the breast of the mother comes from the word Shakai, which is what the Brit Kodesh, which we said is the name that represents the Brit. So we see here that all the rectifications are encompassed within the Brit. Now Rabbeinu explains, this is the essential of coming close of Am Yisrael to their Father in Heaven. This is essentially how a Jew comes close to Hashem. Meaning what? Rectifying your covenant. Being pure, pure sexually. This is the essential way of coming close to God. It says in Parashat Yitro, I believe, and I will lift you up on the wings of eagles and I will bring you to me. What did we say eagles was? The eagles, a reference to this all-encompassing tikkun. This Brit Kodesh, as we said earlier, and he will tell of you, he will tell you of his Brit. He will speak to you of his Brit, his covenant. Meaning the Brit is the Gid. This is the all-encompassing sin. This is the rectification of the covenant. When you rectify the covenant, what happens? Hashem finishes off the verse. I will bring you to me. What? This is how you come close to Hashem. Because the essential way of coming close to God is what? Through rectifying the covenant. Through being sexually pure. And this is how Rabenu, this is what we're going to stop for today. But this is an awesome, awesome, awesome lesson that really helps us even just understand just a drop in the ocean of the power of the Tikkunim Rabenu is bringing here. And also the power of Tikkun Akari, which a person should accustom himself to read every single day, man or woman nonetheless. Because this is applicable to both of us, to all of us, to all of Am Yisrael Bezrat Hashem. May we merit to really attain these rectifications or taste these rectifications. To truly accomplish them, attaching yourself to the tzaddik, and following his advice. Amen.